Thank you for listening to this message from Faith Builders. Pastors Philip and Michelle Still are dedicated to building your faith and framing your world by the Word of God. There are many more resources available on our website, www.buildfaith.net, where you can find links to our audio and video archives. We also invite you to join us online for our live stream services. Remember to build your faith and frame your world by the Word of God. Well, praise the Lord. Here we are for another great Wednesday night united. We're believing God for some great things, some good things from the Word of God. Uh, as we look at some uh, wonderful truths from the Word. And uh, I was uh, thinking the other day, I was actually in uh, Bible school Monday night. Uh, They had some uh, uh, public speaking, actually, um, illustrated sermons. And the Lord began to speak to me while I was there on what to minister on uh, tonight. And uh, so um, I uh, put together what he asked me to minister on some time ago, some years ago. Uh, well, now it would be uh, about uh, three years ago now. Uh, the Lord uh, dealt with me about putting this message together called Step by Step. And it was some things that uh, concerning the time that we were uh, pursuing the adoption of uh, our youngest daughter and uh, just the way that, that God put that together, uh, he asked me to minister on that. And so Monday night, I was uh, just not really meditating on, on that, obviously, because uh, I had my attention on other things. Uh, but during a, a break between uh, speakers or whatever the case may have been, uh, the Lord said, I want you to go back to that and I want you to teach on that. And so, I don't know if it'll be a single or a series on Wednesday nights. Uh, We have a series going on Sundays, continuing in the truth. But Psalm 37 is where we want to start tonight. And uh, Psalm 37 and verse 23. And notice that it says in Psalm uh, 37, 23, the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord, and he delights in his way. The steps of a good man are ordered <clears throat> by the Lord, and he delights in his way. So we see this, that the steps of a good man are ordered or they're directed by the Lord. And our job as believers is to allow the Lord to direct our steps, all right? That's our job as the believer. This word ordered can also mean established. Center column reference of my Bible says established. And so the steps of a good man are not only ordered or directed, they are established by the Lord. So that means that when God gives you a step, that he's not only ordering it, he determines to establish that, all right? It's directed, it's established by the Lord. When you're facing a challenge, it's vital that you allow the Lord to direct and to establish the steps that you take, all right? It's, It's crucial, and that can be elementary knowledge to us, but... If, uh, if you look at your own life or maybe somebody that you may have dealt with, very often uh, when they get into a challenge or they get into something where it seems maybe something didn't work or it seems uh, uh, that it didn't go the way it was supposed to go, if you look at the steps that were taken, you can sometimes readily see that Either A, they were not followed, or B, they were never received. Now, I'm not saying that's the case uh, with you, but what I'm saying is when you're facing a challenge, and it's not if you will, it's when you face a challenge, it's vital that you let the Lord direct your steps. Because believing is not one size fits all. All right? It's, 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 and, and what I mean by that is every person 
under the sound of my voice is believing God for something. Now, using faith on that thing is the same. It works the same for everyone. But what you're believing for is not one size fits all. There are people that are believing for finances. There are people that are believing for healing. There are people that are believing for uh, different things in their families, their marriages, whatever it may be. Well, the faith for that thing comes the same way by hearing faith, of hearing the word on that thing. But the issue is, is God will direct you on how to best believe Him for what you need. How to best apply your faith. What will be the quickest, shortest, easiest way to make that happen? And so the Lord will direct you. I found this. The Lord will direct you how to pray. Uh, the Lord will direct you on what to say and the exact scriptures that you're to stand on. So as we get into this, the first thing that I want to hit on is that there are times the Lord will give you a phrase or a word that you're to keep speaking over and into that situation. For instance, when we knew we would be going to court for the adoption the Lord gave me the phrase, this whole adoption process will go without a hitch. That's the phrase that dropped into my spirit. This whole process will go without a hitch. This became what I would answer any thoughts that would come into my mind that were contrary to what we were believing for. It will all go without a hitch. It will all go without a hitch. Now, that's more than just a confession. It is a God-directed phrase to answer the circumstance with. All right? It will all go without a hitch. So if I'm seeking the Lord and I'm asking Him and He's directing my paths, He'll give me something to say very often. All right? I remember when... Uh, uh, our pastors, uh, of course, the Caldwells, were in the accident that, you, that you've heard the testimony about. But very often, uh, uh, I don't always include it because, because uh, uh, it's, many times it's not pertinent to what we're talking about. But here it is. Because uh, when, when they both came to, Pastor had come to and Miss Jeannie was coming to, he said, he said there was a a uh, man that was standing beside their car and he kept saying, are you all right? Are you all right? Are you all right? And pastor said immediately what came into his spirit was the Holy Spirit said, be careful how you answer that. And pastor said it was very measured. He said, we will be okay. Now here's, here's the point. That was a God-ordained response to the question that was being asked. It just wasn't an, a, a positive response to what they were dealing with. That's what the Holy Spirit gave him to say. And he said that, and the end result was they were okay. Amen. Even though her back was, was broke in a couple different places, right? The car was demolished. They were okay. That was something God gave them. That was something God gave him to say. And so that became what he answered with. Because the enemy will try to get you to focus on what might happen, what could happen, circumstances, and your job is to keep the word that God gave you in your mouth. It will all go without a hitch. I am the healed of the Lord. I'm out of debt. My needs are met. Whatever it may be, whatever the phrase is that the Lord gives you, your job is to keep that phrase in your mouth. All right? Because that is a God-directed thing. Hallelujah. Secondly, the Lord will direct you to specific scriptures to stand on. In uh, the book of Hebrews, chapter 13. Uh, 
verse 5. He says, let your conversation be without covetousness and be content with such things as you have. Now notice this. For he has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you, so that we may boldly say, the Lord is my helper and I will not fear what man will do to me. So notice the phrase there. The Lord has said, so that we may say. The Lord has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you, so that we may boldly say, the Lord is my helper, I will not fear what men will do to me. So God has said what he has said, so we could say what he has said. So he'll direct you to that specific scripture. You want to declare the scriptures that the Holy Spirit ministers to your heart. I've said this over the years. I've watched people over the years. And very often they'll face a situation and they'll just jump out and start declaring scriptures. That is appropriate at times, but you have to understand something. That I want to be declaring exactly what the Holy Spirit said to me. All right, the, the, the scripture that the Holy Spirit ministers to me, the scriptures that you declare will deal with the unseen issues. There are unseen issues that may occur in any given situation. And the scriptures that you declare are going to deal with those unseen issues. For instance, the first scripture the Lord gave me was Proverbs 21 and 1. And it's this, the king's heart is in the hand of the Lord. As the rivers of water, he turns it whithersoever he will or wherever he wants that he will. This is the first scripture the Lord gave me. I can tell you where I was, what I was doing, where I was sitting. This is the first scripture the Lord gave me. And I would declare this every day, not read it, declare it. I would read it and declare it as I was reading it. I would declare this every day and I would insert the judge's name over our case. The heart of judge so-and-so is in the hand of the Lord as the river of water he turns it whithersoever he will or wherever he wants. I would say that every day. All right? Because this is a scripture the Lord gave me. And so that's not just a positive thing, it's I'm dealing with unseen issues, whatever it may be. There may be something in that, and, and, and we're using the situation we were in as an example, but you may be purchasing a home. Uh, you may be believing for a, a, a certain thing financially. You may have a situation like we had. You may have a court case. You may have a litigation or something that's going on. But here's the thing, if you're buying property, buying a house, you insert uh, uh, the owners of that home's name in this verse. The heart of this couple or this person is in the hand of the Lord and God will turn it however he wants. If you know that's what God wants you to have, then you have a right to stand on his word so that things turn for your benefit. All right? But I've got to take the time to do that because it's dealing with unseen issues. It's dealing with unseen issues. I, I remember one time uh, when Pastor Michelle and I first uh, had moved to the Kansas City metro area. And, and I went and applied for a job. I needed a job bad. I mean, uh, I, I needed it in the worst kind of way. And I went and, and I interviewed at this place. And I just kept declaring, that's my job. I, in the name of Jesus. And I even uh, 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 used the scripture. If, if I remember correctly, it was this scripture that, the, that, that it will turn to my benefit and turn to my advantage in the name of Jesus. Well, they called me back for a second interview and then they called me back in a third time, uh, 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 unbeknownst to me, to, obviously to give me the job. And I was talking with the COO, and she made the statement. She said, I didn't want to give you this job. But see, something that I was saying, what I was declaring, was dealing with those unseen issues. 
that I couldn't see. I didn't know she didn't want to give me the job. All right, but the one that was turning it did. And he turned her heart towards me. Do, do, do you see that? And so I would declare this scripture every day over that situation. Well, the next verse that the Lord gave me was Proverbs 16. Proverbs 16 and verse 7. When a man's ways please the Lord, he maketh even his enemies to be at peace with him. I would declare this every day. I would, I would declare this scripture every day and say, Father, my ways please you. So you make even, and that's the key word, even my enemies to be at peace with me. When you, when you declare this verse, it quiets your enemy. It quiets them. There's something that comes to them that's soothing when they think about you. You make even my enemies to be at peace with me. Up to and including my enemies, you make them to be at peace with me. In other words, I'll be at peace with everybody, even my enemies. Even them. People that may not like me. People that may have uh, 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 something against me. He said he would make even your enemies to be at peace with you because there's a soothing that comes to them when they think about you. They quit thinking about you in hostile terms. Wow. They quit thinking about you in hostile terms. Even my enemies, everyone, even my enemies will be at peace. So whatever the case may be, that, that was my mindset. If, if there's somebody that's looking at the paperwork and, and for whatever reason, maybe they don't care for me because of my occupation or because of my belief system or, or whatever the case may be, somebody uh, uh, may be looking at it and, and not want to do it and, and wants to set themselves against my progress. Lord, you make even my enemies to be at peace with me. Hallelujah. Now, then the next scripture he gave me was Deuteronomy 28. Deuteronomy uh, 28. And it is verse 7. He says in the scripture, The Lord will cause your enemies that rise up against you to be smitten before your face, They will come out against you one way and flee before you seven ways. So your enemies come from one direction, but the Lord will cause them to run from you in seven different directions. And so I would go over this and I would declare, Father, my enemies may come against me one way, but they will flee from me seven ways. What does this denote? Your enemy becomes confused. They won't know why they're doing what they're doing, why they're at peace with you, but they will be, even though it confuses them as to why they are. I I, I don't want to give this person this job, but I'm going to. I don't know why, but I'm going to. I'm going to give them a break, I'm going to give them a deal. I don't want to, but I'm going to, but I don't know why. It's it's because, understand, don't leave this to chance. You want your enemies confused. You want them not knowing why they're doing what they're doing. And so, I would declare this because it brings confusion to the enemy. My enemies may come out against me one way, but they'll flee from me seven ways. If you're believing God for something, if there are people that have set themselves against you, this may be one of the scriptures that you use. God gave me this, these verses specifically. <clears throat> In uh, Deuteronomy 33... 
and uh, verse 27. It says, the eternal God is your refuge. And underneath are the everlasting arms. He will thrust out the enemy from before you and shall say, destroy them. So notice, this is a verse God gave me. And I would declare this. God is my refuge. God is my refuge. God is my hiding place. God is my fortress. God is my protection. All right? I would declare God's everlasting arms are holding me up because that's what he says. And underneath are the everlasting arms. His everlasting arms are holding me up. And then he said he'll thrust out the enemy from before you. I would declare God drives out my enemies from before me. See, this is step by step in what God wants you to do. It it took some time. It took some investment. It took some energy. It took some some effort to to go through and to remain disciplined because I want you to see something. Uh, uh, Right there, you're in Deuteronomy 33. Look at verse 29. It says, Happy are you, O Israel, who is like you, O people saved by the Lord, the shield of your help, and who is the sword of your excellency? And your enemies shall be found liars unto you, and you shall tread upon their high places. So I would go through this scripture, and I would say, Happy are Philip and Michelle. Why? We're saved by the Lord. The Lord is the shield of our help. The Lord is the sword of our excellency. Our enemies are found liars. The word means subdued. Our enemies are subdued. Now this is important because I would declare these specific scriptures that the Lord led me to. These scriptures. And here's something important. I didn't add to them. I stayed specifically with what the Lord gave me. Because those were the scriptures he was giving me to load my mouth with and declare into that situation. All right, Pastor Michelle, uh, last Wednesday, uh, minist- or last Tuesday, excuse me, ministered at a conference at our friend's uh, ministry, uh, uh, Brother Leonard Ford, and she talked about loading your mouth with the promise. That's what the Lord kept telling her was load your mouth with the promise. That can be very elementary. But here's the thing. Whatever you load your mouth with is is obviously it's what's going to come out of your mouth. But whatever you load your mouth with, if you're loading your mouth with the promise of God, then what's going to come to pass in your life is the promise of God. And so I would load my mouth with these verses and declare them over that situation. Amen. That, that, that my enemies are at peace with me. My enemies are confused. God is my place of refuge. God is the sword of my excellency. God will cause my enemies to flee from me seven different ways. It was important to keep that in my mouth. It was important to keep that phrase. Every time a thought would come, every time somebody would talk to me, I would say, it's all going to go without a hitch. It's all going to go without a hitch. Hallelujah. Then, the third thing, we've talked about uh, the fact that the Lord will give you a specific phrase. He'll direct you to scriptures to stand on. The third thing is take the stand of faith and refuse to be moved. In uh, 1 Timothy 6, <clears throat> 1 Timothy 6 and 12, it says, of course, Fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold on eternal life whereunto you're also called 
and have professed a good profession among many witnesses. Now notice he says, fight the good fight of faith. So this is a fight of faith, not a fight for faith. All right, it's a fight of faith. Now, this is important because we're called to this fight. And it's not a fight for faith, it's a fight of faith. We fight with faith. We, we lay hold, we confess what God says. All right, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And so he says that our stand is a stand of believing and speaking. Believing and speaking. And then doing this, refusing to alter our heart and mouth to fit the situation. You never alter your heart and your mouth to fit the circumstance. <clears throat> Hallelujah. Because that's, that's not how it changes. Because what God tells you to say from the Word specifically in your spirit, you don't alter <clears throat> what's in your heart and in your mouth to fit the circumstance. In other words, if I don't feel good, I don't start altering I'm the healed of the Lord to something else. If it looks like there's a challenge financially or there's an issue or there's a circumstance that may be going contrary to what I'm believing God for, I don't alter my heart and my mouth to fit that circumstance. Right? I'm blessed going in and coming out regardless of what the circumstance may say. If I start altering my heart and my mouth to line up with my circumstance by saying, well, you know, uh, I thought everything was getting better, but evidently it's not. I mean, the bottom seemed to fall out of everything. And, you know, we hear those kind of phrases and we think, well, dear Lord, I would never say that. Well, you may not say that, but there's times that you're tempted <clears throat> to back off the exact thing that God's telling you to declare because of the circumstance. Well, that's altering your heart and altering your mouth to fit the circumstance. Our, our fight our stand is a stand of believing and speaking. My enemies are at peace with me. My enemies are confused. Whatever it may be, you fill in the blank. My body is healed. My body is whole. My body is pain-free. My finances are thriving. My finances are there in abundance. My finances are whole and well in Jesus' name. My family is saved. My marriage is whole. My marriage is complete. My marriage is joyful. My marriage is peaceful. Whatever it may be, you don't alter what's coming out of your heart through your mouth to fit the situation. Hallelujah. You, you, you never wanted to say that. Something the Lord said to me some years ago that I've never forgotten. He said, never again say, I can't. I don't know, or I don't understand. He said, never say that. But yet you'll hear people say that a lot. Well, I just don't know what's going on here. I just can't understand why this is happening. Well, now think about that for a moment. I can't understand. That is altering the heart and the mouth when the Bible says, I can do all things. Well, what does that mean? That means I can understand what I need to understand. I can know what I need to know. So, I try to never say, I can't, I don't know, or I don't understand. Can't seem to make ends meet. Can't seem to feel better no matter what I do. <clears throat> I can't seem to get a handle on this. See, that is not the fight of faith. That is looking at the circumstances and giving into the circumstances and allowing your heart and your mouth to be 
modified to fit the circumstance. Because here's the issue with this. When you say something like, well, I just don't know, and then you fill in the blank, guess what? You don't know even more. Or when you say, I can't, you, 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 you emphasize more, you can't, and so you, then it becomes a situation where you cannot even more. Because I'm just piling that on. I don't know. I don't understand. I can't. There's no way. It's impossible. When the scripture says, if you're a believer, there's nothing that's impossible to a believing one. Scripture says in 1 Corinthians chapter 2 that there are things that the Spirit will reveal to us that my natural mind, my natural eye, my natural ear cannot think of, see, or hear. But it says those things are revealed to us by the Spirit. So what's the proper way to talk about that? I may not know about this in the natural, but I have complete understanding in the spiritual, and God's bringing me the answer. This is important. Hallelujah. In uh, uh, Hebrews chapter 10, And uh, verse 23, it says, Let us hold fast the profession of our faith, and here's the phrase, without wavering, for he's faithful that promised. The Amplified Bible says, Let us seize and hold fast and retain without wavering the hope we cherish and confess and our acknowledgement of it. For he who promised is reliable, sure, and faithful to his word. So hold the declaration without wavering, the confession, the acknowledging of the truth. That's, that's what he's saying here. The acknowledgement of it. Of what? Of the truth. Hold fast to your declaring, your acknowledgement of the truth. This is what the Word says. This is what I believe. And I'm continually acknowledging that, confessing that, declaring that, speaking that, saying that over my life, saying that over my family. Hallelujah. So hold the declaration of the truth. And it says, without wavering. In other words, not inclining one way or the, right? Staying firm or unmoved with what you declare. Charles Capp said this, whatever you say, let it stay said. Don't, don't get out there and move and be moved. If you, if you said, I'm the healed of the Lord, let that stay said. Well, it seems like, the, but the issue is, is that's modifying my heart and mouth to fit the situation. I am, and it's an oversimplification, I am what the Word says I am. That's why I'm saying what the Word says I am. <clears throat> and so when that wavering comes, I'm no longer firm, I'm no longer unmovable, I'm no longer unshakable, I'm no longer in a position of stability because I've changed things, I've modified something to fit the situation. Uh, in James 1, and uh, verse 6, a familiar passage of Scripture, but it says, <clears throat> well, let's start in verse 5 so we can get the, the total import of it. If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God that gives to all men liberally and upbraideth not, and it will be given to him. But let him ask in faith, nothing wavering. 
For he that wavereth is like a wave of the sea driven with the wind and tossed. Let not that man think he shall receive anything of the Lord. A double-minded man is unstable in all of his ways. So notice, let him ask in faith, nothing wavering. Uh, Waver uh, means to sway to and fro, uh, to become unsteady, to feel or show indecision. Think about that. To become unsteady, to feel or show indecision. Well, what would indecision be as as far as what you're believing? Hey, brother, how you doing? I mean, I know what you're believing for. Bless God, how you doing? You know, how's your, how's, uh, 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 you know, how's, how's it going? Well, you know, I, man, I, you know, I've been standing, but. Indecision. Indecision. Now think about this for a moment. Think about this for a moment. If I believe what the Word said about me, there's no indecision. Hey, brother, how you doing? Blessed, doing fine. Thank the Lord I'm healed and well. Amen. That's that's a lack of indecision. This is what I am. I'm healed. I'm blessed. What God promised me is coming to pass in my life. Right now, the angels are setting events in motion that it all comes to me. Hallelujah. Or to fluctuate. Or vary. You know, when somebody says something is in a state of flux, you'll hear somebody say that every now and then. Well, you know, we're kind of in a state of flux right now. Well, where that comes from, if you, if you understand, is that when you are soldering something, all right, you, you have the, the uh, uh, substance here of flux that you put on that crack or that void or whatever it may be that you want to fill, And then you have the heat, the torch, and the heat melts the flux, all right? But until it solidifies, that flux can be moved. It's it's liquid. It's movable. It's in a state of flux. It will eventually become hardened. But while it's in the state of flux, it's doing no good. It's not, it, it has no solidifying ability until it, the heat is taken away and it's allowed to solidify and harden. You have to, from the beginning, refuse to fluctuate. Amen. Because what's happening is I'm in this stand of faith and if I allow my heart and my mouth to begin to modify to the situation, then I'm in this state of flux. I'm irresolute, nothing solid. There's nothing holding this thing together. For many of you uh, uh, hearing me tonight, what you're saying and what you've been declaring over your life is the thing that's holding it together. And you can't begin to modify to fit your situation. What you have said, hear me, What you have said will hold. It will hold that thing together. And you can't modify it to change. Glory to God. Amen. I've told my wife more than once, we would face situations. And I would look at her and said, my faith will hold. My faith will hold. And it will. It will hold. Well, it feels like there's a lot of pressure. There is. There's a lot of pressure. And it's coming against what you've said. And it's coming against what you believe. And it's coming against your stand of faith. But understand, you might feel the pressure because you're holding the shield of faith out there. But faith is taking all the hits. 
Faith is carrying the pressure. You might feel it, but you're not the one carrying it. Don't change what you've said. Don't change what you're saying. Don't modify to fit the situation because what you've said will hold that thing together. It'll hold it together. Glory to God. Whew. This is, this is so important. The Amplified Bible says, being as he is a man of two minds, hesitating, dubious, irresolute, it says something, that this person is unstable and unreliable and uncertain. And it says about three things. Everything that he thinks, he feels, or he decides. Hallelujah. If you modify your heart and your mouth to fit this situation, you will modify your heart and your mouth to fit the next situation. And then where does it end? At some point, you've got to stop and rearrange your heart and your mouth to fit the Word. And then I'm speaking what the Word said. Because remember, when you modify your heart and your mouth to speak according to the situation, then what you're doing is you are taking strength from you and giving it to the circumstance. Now, I use these extreme examples because I don't believe anyone in our churches would say this or say things like this. Maybe, there may be someone... But uh, I've had people say before, well, nothing, it's, nothing's getting better. It's just nothing's changing. Well, here's the thing. We hear that and we say, why would anyone ever say that? Because the situation is presenting itself as not changing. And the pressure from the situation is causing them to change, modify what they have in their heart and what they're saying with their mouth. I'll ask you a question I've asked you a lot over the years. Who told you nothing was changing? Who said that? Well, I can just look at the circumstance see nothing's changing. Who told you? Remember what I said about the verse? God will make that, that, that God will cause your enemies that come against you one way to flee from you seven. And that I would say, if my enemies come to me one way, they'll flee from me seven ways. My enemies will be confused. What was I? Remember what I said was happening? That will cause even unseen issues to be changed. Right? So. When you keep your confession and your heart the same, even things you can't see, there are things that you can't see working right now that are dependent upon the spiritual force coming out of your mouth to work in your life. They're working right now behind the scenes. When you started that ship down that road, that, that, that pathway, when you started that ship down that direction, and you said, for instance, I am the healed of the Lord. Bam! Healing started working in your situation. Don't change it. Yeah, but it seems like, seems like I've hit a bump in the road. That's okay. Don't, don't let the bump in the road knock out of your mouth what you said. Don't modify it. Yeah, but I feel worse today than I did yesterday. That has nothing to do with anything. Where your faith is concerned. Ramp up the dosage. I am the healed of the Lord. I am well in my mind and my body. I am completely well in Jesus' name. And I've had people say, yeah, but you know, the, the pain in my body. Well, what do I say? What do I do? I mean, I, I, I believe God's healed me, but why isn't the pain going away? Jesus carried my pain. See, this is so important. 
because it's not that you are making light of what you're dealing with or that you're making light of the pain that somebody may be facing. But here's the thing. If I'm not going, if I'm going to ever be free from that, I can't allow it to cause me to uh, uh, modify or alter what's coming out of my mouth. Because even when I can't see it, what I said is working. First words matter, last words stand. What I said points that vehicle in the right direction. And then the last thing I say keeps it going that way. This is how it is in Jesus' name. I'm healed in the name of Jesus. Now you may confess scriptures over your body, but that was initially and essentially what put you on the road to the healing that you eventually walked into and walked out was the fact that you said it's initially, I'm the healed of the Lord. Hallelujah. So he said, that person is uncertain about everything that he thinks, he feels, or he decides. Now that's not us. We're certain about everything we think, we feel, and we decide. Why? Because we know, we know the word's working. But here, here's, the, here's the circumstance. If I get over there and I become irresolute, well, I thought this was going to happen. I thought it was going to go this way. I thought, or whatever. Here, look, look, here's the thing. Here's the thing. The circumstance, for instance, let, let, let me say it this way. I have said for years that I'm a sickness-free zone. All right? Cancer-free zone, flu-free zone, virus-free zone. Now, does that mean that a virus, <laughs> and I know it's a funny time to talk about that, but let, let's, let me be specific, that the flu virus has never tried to attack my body? No, does not. Does not mean that. Well, Pastor, what'd you do when those symptoms tried to come and that feeling tried to come? I'd say out loud, I'm a flu-free zone. Jesus carried my sicknesses, bore my diseases, and with his stripes, I'm healed. And it's got better over the years. Amen. It, it used to take me a day or two to run those symptoms off. Amen. Now those symptoms start trying to come, and it's just a little while, and we get rid of them. Now listen to me. Here's what I'm saying. Don't look at your pastor and say, oh my goodness, he's on such a level of faith. It only takes... No, listen. Anybody, anybody that... Thank you, Lord. You can do... Anything by faith that you've seen someone else do by faith. You just have to get in there and work the word and work your faith the way they work the word and the way they work their faith. Anybody can do it. It just requires the same process. So you got to take the stand of faith and refuse to be moved. And what will be the result? Well, let's go to 1 John 5. Oh, glory. I believe I'm helping you. And verse 4, 1 John 5 and verse 4. Whosoever, whatsoever, the King James says whatsoever, better translated whosoever, is born of God that overcometh the world. And this is the victory. That overcomes the world, even our faith. So what's the end result of your stand of faith? Victory. Amen. Now listen, you didn't get victory. You had it going in. I have victory right now. Hallelujah. That, that is so 
important to declare, I'm a born overcomer. Right? Because he said, whosoever is born of God overcomes the world. Now, think about that for a moment. So, what happens to this scripture, which is truth, what happens to the working of it when someone says, I just can't seem to catch a break? No matter what I do, I just can't seem to win. Nothing ever goes my way. What does it do? It takes this scripture and the power in this scripture and it makes it of no effect. God said, you're a born overcomer. So when you got born again, you came into the kingdom of God, you came into it winning over every power of the enemy. And so the end result of my stand of faith is I win. That's the end result. The end result of that physical stand you're taking is you're healed. The end result of that financial stand that you're taking is you are blessed going in and coming out. The end result is all of your family are saved. The end result is everything is going your way. The end result is the favor of God's high on your life. The end result is no weapon formed against you will prosper. You cannot take a stand in faith that you don't win. And that this is what's so important about this. You take it step by step. This is what God said. This is what God told me to say. These are the scriptures God gave me. Now I'm putting all of this in my mouth and I'm taking my stand of faith and I refuse to be moved. I will not be moved. Amen. Because I, I've told you this before, but I'll tell you again because it bears repeating. The enemy comes to you with that flip chart of all different things that it could be, all different things that could happen. You know a person will wake up with a headache in the morning and the enemy will bring that flip chart. Well, maybe you got a tumor in your head. You, no, 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 I, no, I don't have no. And, and he'll keep flipping. He'll keep flipping until he finds something you'll agree with. Well, what's the key to that? How do you keep him from flipping the chart? From the very beginning, you say, no, I'm the healed of the Lord. That's how this is. And you just take it step by step. And as you take it step by step, the word that you're standing on, the declaration that God gave you, will work and prosper and produce the victory in your life. Amen. I don't know if I've helped you, but I've preached myself happy. Hallelujah. God is so good to us.